This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. You're listening to episode 170 of the Fight Disciples podcast. This one dedicated to the world of UFC. If you've only just stumbled across us, you can get us via our website, fightdisciples.com. We're also available on iTunes under the name of Fight Disciples. And we're all over social media at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Um, if you've listened to our boxing show, by the way, You'll know that I started the show by talking about my kids' christening uh, and Nick obviously splashing out on a, a lovely present uh, for uh, my children, uh, a Nerf gun. As you do, that's what you do. That's what you get at a, at a christening. No, you normally get uh, something quite poignant, something quite uh, uh, symbolic of the day. A Nerf gun is exactly what the doctor ordered. <laughs> and the reason why I'm just bringing that up again for the start of the UFC show is because I've just remembered something yesterday, right? I um there was quite a few kids at the uh, at the at the christening, so I took it upon myself because I'm a kind dude. All right, I'm a kind guy to uh, to get all the kids a bit of a drink. Right now, I went to the bar, got the old fruit shoots in the old uh, orange and black currant, and I went round and I'm dishing out these fruit shoots to all the kids, and all the kids are going, "Oh, that's great, thank you very much," and all that type of stuff. And do you know something? Because Nick's kids are little, I went round. And I made sure that it was either okay or not okay with his wife first. I said, listen, before the kids see these drinks, because they are full of sugar, let's be straight, they are, you know what I mean? I'll send them doolally. Yeah. Um, are they allowed one of these or shall we get them something else? And she went, yeah, don't give them one of them because it'll send them nuts. Well, I'll tell you something, next time, dickhead, I am not asking the question. <laughs> right? After, after the gun incident now... <laughs> It's going to feed them sugary drinks. I am not going to ask a question in future. I'm going to say, Alex, come here, son. <laughs> get that down, yeah. Knock yourself out on that. <laughs> Go and get crazy on that stuff. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah, one for each pocket. Olivia found one in the middle of the dance floor as well. I said to Jane, look at her, and she was just standing in the middle of the dance floor, guzzling away on some yes, other kids' food shoot. Yes, 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 proper. It is uh, It's proper tackle, that stuff, isn't it? Terrific. We had, um, we had a magician at the do as well, didn't we? The amazing Stephen. What are you laughing at? <laughs> well, me and Jay were sitting there thinking, trying to imagine what Stephen does in his normal life. What does he do? Before, we, put, before I... we go there, can I just check he's not a family member or an I'm extended not say, family I'm member? I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say. Right. Basically, I thought, again, I'd do a favour for all the adults that were at this do yesterday. It was I thought, a crack and move on. I said, what we'll do, we'll get a little bit of a kid's entertainer mm-hmm. and they'll entertain the kids. It's basically, I'm paying for a babysitter for two hours. The Amazing Stephen, yeah. So Amazing Stephen rocks up. Been on Britain's Got Talent as Amazing Stephen. What are you pissing yourself up for? <laughs> we were sitting there. And we even said, listen to his music. This fella thinks he's on Britain's Got Talent. Right. And that sums it up. So the amazing Stephen, he does magic, mm-hmm. songs for the kids, kids entertain it, you name it, he can do the lot. Come on. Come on. You and your wife have had a conversation about my my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking, he's not my cousin. Go on. He's my uncle. <laughs> See, I kind of thought that he, you know, recluse, lives with his mum. Yeah. <laughs> Stack shelves in the Asda Monday to Friday. But the weekends lives out his true calling and that's entertaining children with his questionable magician skills. Right. He's a bit Mr. Tumble, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Did a job though, mate. Uh, mate he was cracking. Kids, kids our, loved it, didn't our they? Our kids were absolutely captivated, yeah. So yeah. there you go. 
at the nail on the head. Exactly. It wasn't there to entertain you. It was no. there to entertain the kids. Tell you what, by the end, though, we got all the adults going, didn't we? Yeah. They were all loving it. Yeah. And that guess the picture round or whatever it was. See? They all mm. got involved. I think it was something to do with Sam Miguel that everybody was captivated totally, by yeah. at the end of it. But yeah, we got there in the end. There you go. Um, and all that was off the back of watching some fantastic UFC action as well um, over the weekend. Jacare back. I'm going to let Nick boast again because this is he very rarely gets one absolutely nailed on. He got all the boxing absolutely spot on. He called the round, he called the finishes, and then we get into the world of UFC. He's done exactly the same again. On last week's show, you said, listen, keep an eye out for our mate, Mirsad Bektic. He's going to be back, he's going to be doing his thing, and he's going to be stealing the show. Boy, did he steal the show. And then you called the main event, Jack Ray against Brunson. It's going to be a repeat of what happened a couple of years ago. Uh, and the, you're going to get a... Uh, you're going to get a, a knockout finish. In the uh, first round? In the first round. And boom, boom, boom. That's what you did. Only thing is, you didn't put any money on it, did you? No, I don't like betting on it, because if I bet on it, the exact opposite happens. So I just like to call it like it is. So there you go. You're welcome. Anyone that was listening last week, um, I'll give you my tips for this week, coming up shortly. But but yeah, you know, I just couldn't see any way that Jacques Ray Brunson would end a different way. Yes, Brunson, you could argue, has improved over the last five years. That was The first fight was back in strike force. people may remember. Um but, you know, while Brunson's improved, Jacare Sousa's improved, and what Brunson hasn't improved on is beating the guys at the top level. He always falls apart when he gets in there with someone who's ranked in the top five or ranked above him. And uh, that happened again against against Jacare. Hmm. He was leaving himself open for shots, and then uh, he was overcommitting to his punches. At least he had a go this time. He never froze like he did against Anderson Silva. At least he tried to pour it on Jacare, but... Listen, if you're going to pour forward against Jacare, a guy that if he gets you to the ground is going to rip your arm off and submit you, or if he lands on your chin, he's going to put you to sleep, you're always going to be in trouble. And uh, I thought Brunson, just like he did against Anderson, but in the exact opposite way, he went at this fight completely wrong, mm. left himself wide open, nah, shin to the head, and then um, calm and collected left uppercut and then left hooks finish from Jacare. Um, kind of, you know, that was it. Cherry, cherry on the cake there. Done. Job done. Bektic steal the show though for you? Bektic was outstanding, money. Jesus Christ. We're fans of his, but he's probably still the show more for you because of the nature of the finish. Absolutely. Nothing nothing in fight sports across all codes gets me as excited as a body <laughs> shot finish. Yeah, but for those that haven't seen it, a body shot finish, what when we say body shot finish, now usually a liver shot. Yeah, yeah. That's what you usually this is what you're doing. You're picturing now in your head a liver shot. You're yeah. round Drop the, the shoulder, under the floating rib, bang. Good night, Vienna. Right, that's what you're thinking right now. You're not thinking of one right down the solar plexus, just under the heart. Yeah. That's not what you're thinking right at this moment. It was a heart stopper. That's exactly what it was. It was like a video game heart stopper move. Yeah. You nearly punched a heart hole through <laughs> Godfredo Pepe's chest and pulled his beaten heart out and showed it to him before it, he crumbled. It was a bit Mortal Kombat, wasn't oh, it? It was, fucking it was a bit Hadouken. Hadouken! Absolutely. <laughs> he just fully loaded a straight right hand at his chest and literally... It, Not, was, it, it was, knocked all the wind out It just him. completely took Pepe out the game because Pepe, as soon as it hit him, he gets blown back and then you can you literally see the moment of a split second when he just goes, oh shit! <laughs> and he just goes, bang, goes down like a sack of spuds. Game over. He's still struggling to catch his breath now, a couple of days later, Pepe, let me tell you. But we know what that, Be- 
that's what Bektic is capable of. Yeah, you know, man. we know this kid's an absolute superstar. He's got bags of potential. He was undefeated heading into his last fight. He just fucked up against Elkins. Then he took his eye off the ball against yeah. Elkins. You know, he cruised through two rounds, took his eye off the ball, got caught in the third with a stupid head kick of his own and got finished. Great. Dan and Elkins, crack on. They will fight again one day because Bektic will one day be pushing back up towards the top 10 again. And he's just set himself up there. One thing I do want to know, and I wasn't aware of it at the time, uh, that Bektic... When we'd spoken to him when he fought in Manchester and stuff, he was saying how happy he was at uh, ATT in Florida and how mm. settled he was there. And he was moving from, I think he lives somewhere mad. Um, he lives in one of the mad states where there's not much going on. But he, he could, since he moved from Germany via Bosnia or whatever it was, um, but he was he was being based in Florida doing his camps and blah, blah. And he was saying, I was so happy. But, but obviously after the Elkins thing, he thought, this is not happening. Maybe it isn't the right place. He's obviously blamed the corner for whatever happened against Elkins. Um, surprisingly, he had a completely different corner team. He's, he's now moved to Fierce as a Harby in Montreal, of course, home to GSP, Rory MacDonald, all those guys. He's based out of Montreal in Canada now for his fight camps. Um, and that surprised me because, again, the loss against Elkins for me wasn't necessarily a corner an issue no. or, or even a fitness issue or anything. He, he just made a mistake and turned his back on him and, and Elkins had a bit more left in the tank than he realised because Elkins had been battered for two rounds. Mm. So that was a surprise, but then you don't know what goes on behind closed doors. The thing with ATT and, you know, Danny Roberts comes in to the studio, we've had him and he waxes lyrical about that camp and how amazing it is the guys that were out there. Uh, not Danny Roberts, sorry, Danny's with the thingy, but uh, um, ATT, we've spoke to Brad Pickett about it and everything else. Uh, what an amazing camp and how big it is, how many fighters they've got there, it's massive. But also, you know, you lose that one-on-one, you lose that, you know, is he getting enough one-on-one time? And maybe that's why Bektic has made the decision to go to Montreal. You know, mm. I think sometimes when the mats are that busy and there's that many people on there, it can stunt your growth a little bit. Yeah, you're getting world-class sparring every day, but are you actually improving or are you just knocking seven kinds of shite out of one of each other? And maybe that's why Bektic has moved to Montreal. But listen, you're only as good as your last performance. He looked outstanding. It looks like it's working with Fidesz Zahabi. If he's happy, I'm telling you now, Bektic can go all the way and win the UFC title. No question about that. And I think sometimes when you do suffer a defeat, a surprise defeat as he did against Elkins, sometimes yeah. you you just for your own peace of mind, you change stuff up just to create a different type of momentum. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because he'd experienced something for the first time, i.e. a defeat and quite a devastating defeat in the way that he did that against Elkins, it's one of them who goes, right, okay, let's clear out the decks and let's start again. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's what he's done. Maybe, and with all due respect, he's not just um, shifted camps, has he? He's shifted countries. He's gone to go live in Canada over uh, over Florida, hasn't he? You know? So maybe it's one of those things where he just needed to uh, cleanse his soul and start yeah. again. Yeah, he maybe looked, so. And he looked mint at the weekend. He did look great, but he, he's changed. Because when he worked out, I was like, Wait a minute, that that's not me as I bet it. Where's your crazy haircut? Yeah, he's like shaved all his hair off. He looked shorter as well. He looked squatter. He looks physically wider. Yeah, he did. Than he used to. You know, his his his, his body shape shape has changed, and that surprised me because I was a bit like, you know, where's the where's the flashy guy? But obviously, he's like, this is all about the business now. You know, I was flash. I was flashy. And I took the eye off the ball and got beat. That ain't ever happening again. Mm. This is the new Mirsad Bektic. This is the old business. This is the killer. Mirsad Bektic. So I'm excited, man. Listen, that was such a quick fight. Was it two and a half minutes, the knockout? Yeah, yeah. Get him out, man. Get the UFC need to get him out again ASAP because Bektic, in this kind of form, can really do something. March 17th would be nice. We'll come and Ooh, see. Oh, yeah. We'll have you in London. Get him back over to London, please. Shall we yeah. talk about London? Well, it's still for me, it's still lacking the main event, surely. Well, there's loads on here. I've got, I've got loads of little bits on here because so many people have been giving us shit 
um, of her us uh, insinuating what ha- what is happening with Darren Till on last week's show. But then there's other lads on the uh, on the internet that are just blasting what is going on. So we listen. Let's not hold back. Let's just tell everybody what the crack is now, right? Yeah. So we're not we're not going to sugarcoat it for you. This is this is the score at this moment in time, right? So we know full well. Um, the UFC London is missing a main event. We know that people like Jimmy are on there and what have you, but the main, the main event is not there at this moment in time. No. There is a fight on the cards uh, for Bispin against Rashad Evans. That is That has been offered. I mean, we, we heard previously that uh, Vita Belfort had been offered the Bispin fight. Yep. Bispin had told him to fucking do one, which is, you know, fair enough. Uh, but Rashad Evans, that is actually a fight for Bispin's final swan song. It's a rematch, yeah. It's a rematch of UFC 78 where Rashad Evans actually won by a split decision, if I'm not mistaken, if my memory serves me correctly. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a decent little knock, that, and it's all on Bisping now as to uh, whether he accepts that or not. That is down to be the main event at UFC London. Regarding our boy Darren Till, we saw Coach Kavanagh, John Kavanagh, coming out uh, last week saying that uh, Gunny Nelson has uh, been offered the Darren Till fight. Well, that might be might be all well and good, but Darren Till's not been offered that fight. That's mm-hmm. not what the situation is. Darren Till's been uh, offered a fight with Wonderboy, and the the date in mind uh, was April. It was never on the cards for uh, UFC London. Nope. It's on the cards for a major pay-per-view event in the States in April. That's what's, that's what's down at this moment in time. Um, Till wants that. We're just waiting on Wonderboy. That's where we're at at this moment in time. If one, if the Wonderboy fight doesn't happen, you know what Darren's like. Anybody that's listened to Darren on this show, he don't give a shit, and he's weird like that because the majority of fighters these days now, once they get themselves into a situation where, like what Darren Till's got himself into, will will now cleverly navigate the, the this this part of their career. They'll navigate it in a way where right, we won't fight this guy, we won't fight this guy, we'll fight this guy to get us into go and fight this guy. Darren Till does not give a shit. Mm-hmm. If the Gunny Nelson fight was offered to him, he'd, he'd take, take the Gunny Nelson fight. Yep. I've spoke to him. He would love to fight in London. He's quite happy to fight in London. But he knows that the UFC right now would be kind of mad to put him on in London against Gunny Nelson. Yeah. You know, because Darren Till's stock has never been higher. So why make him take a step backwards? Like, ride that momentum now. Ride him forward now. Exactly. The fight with Wonderboy makes sense. Wonderboy cannot fight for the title again. He cannot fight Tyron Woodley again. To do so, he's going to have to literally absolutely starch everybody in the in the top five, if not the top ten, to have any chance of getting in with Tyron Woodley again because they had two fights and they were both boring as shit. Mm. So the UFC need to do everything in their power to stop Wonderboy getting back and claiming a title shot. The best way to do that is matching with the most dangerous young guy in the whole division. But obviously, Wonderboy wants to get paid for it. I've, I've heard it's, you know, all but done for Brooklyn in April, which is the Khabib, Tony Ferguson undercard. Mm. That would be where it will go if Camp Wonderboy agree to it. So, uh, listen, from a, from a fan perspective, as someone that's going to be at UFC London, fuck yeah, I'd love to see Darren Till fight in UFC London. And to be honest, UFC London desperately needs a see, big headliner for me. You see, I wouldn't. You see, I wouldn't. I'm the other way around. I want. No, I want to see Darren Till fight. What I'm saying is, if there's a chance Darren Till can fight Wonderboy, I'd rather have that. Yeah. As a fan, because I'm going to be in London, I would love to see him fight in London. I understand that. But I would rather see him fight Wonderboy. The Gunny fight does nothing for me. I'm a Gunny Nelson fan. Yeah, yeah. And I'll be honest, I fear for Gunny for that fight. He ends his career. Because he's too predictable. Gunny yeah, yeah. is too predictable. One, two, 
takedown. One, two, takedown. He's so and Danim will just light him up. He's too way too big for him. Mm. Don't forget, Gunny hardly cuts weight to get to welterweight. Yeah, yeah. Darren Till's a fucking light heavy. Yeah, yeah. Posing exactly. as a welterweight. Well, this is where I'm at with it. I want April, Till Wonderboy, like you say, on that undercard. And then we still know that there's a UFC Liverpool card floating around. Absolutely. Let's do that later on in the year. We, mm-hmm. You're going to see Darren Till fight in the UK at some point this year, but let's do it after he starts Wonderboy. Let's do that. All right? I don't want to see him at London. I want to see I want to see Bispin do his thing at London, call it a day, because I, I kind of need to draw a line under it. It's bugging me. The, yeah, the yeah. Bispin thing's just bugging me. I don't know why it's bugging me. It just is. Let's draw a line under it. We can all eulogise of, of a wonderful career. Mm-hmm. It's gone. And then that, let's start talking about the next generation of British fighters. Darren Till, Diakis, if he can get his, uh, his act together. These type of fighters are the guys that I want to be talking about going into 2018, 2019. I want to draw a line under the Bispin thing. So for me, this is how I want it to play out. March 17th, I want Bispin, Rashad. That is brilliant. Love That'll that. Do. Yeah. And that, That'll you do. No put that problem. at the top of the tree. You've obviously got Jimmy on there and various other lads. Great stuff. Brilliant. Go and get your tickets on March 17th. Let's all have a bit of a crack. Then let's get Till. Let's get Wonderboy. Let's get that in April. And then let's do UFC Two London at some point later. in September or something like that. Let's do UFC that. UFC Liverpool, yeah, at the end of the year. I, I absolutely agree. And I think right now it'd just be crazy to match Darren Till. Just, just on every level. I just think Darren Till right now is just... Too big for Gunny. It's not a good fight for Gunny. I get why, you know, the Gunny can't want it and John Kavanagh want it because it throws them right back into title contention, a big scalp like that. But deep it, down, I don't think they want it. Deep down, I don't think they want it. You could tell with the, with the with the words that are used in the tweet, for example, from John Kavanagh, you could just tell it's like going, oh, well, we'll have a go at it. And you're thinking, well, that's not the, that's not fighting talk. Mm-hmm. You know full well that if you get chucked in with a geezer that's technically a light heavyweight, who's on a tear like he's on a, at this moment in time, you He's good. Your career is going to get ended. Mm-hmm. Don't say, that's not the fight to be made, and not not from Gunny's point of view or Darren's point of view, but from a business point of view with the UFC, you're looking for new superstars. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're looking for that new generation of fuck. This is the guy that we're pinning our hopes on. Young, hungry killers that can speak yeah. multiple languages. That everybody's everybody's loving. Yeah, all right. We're fans of his because we're Massive mates of personality. his. Yeah, he's been on our show on many many occasions. But I'm delighted that after the cowboy fight. He's on Ariel Lawani's show. Mm. He's on these shows in New York. The whole of America are going, fucking Darren Till, he's the mm-hmm. boy, isn't he? You Everyone, know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody's falling in love with the Darren Till trend. So from a business point of view with the UFC, doesn't make sense to go and stick him on no. uh, a fight night card in London. Main, co-main, pay-per-view. Yep. Like you said, Khabib, Tony Ferguson, everybody's buzzing about that. Yeah. The core man is going to be Darren Till against Wonderboy. The whole world is going to be like, fuck me. Absolutely. That's that- why I think they want it for. They want it because they know there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on Khabib, Tony Ferguson because of the Conor McGregor effect. I just think there's no better place to, than Darren Till versus Wonderboy on that card as well, on that main Who's card. Who's this well. new British kid? Absolutely Jeez. huge, huge. Just because of their fighting styles. And I just think it makes for a great fight. Mm. Where we've seen Wonderboy and two absolute stinkers. I think it makes for a great fight because we know what we're going to get. We're going to get two absolutely elite strikers, but very different type of strikers. Yeah. One of which is super aggressive and the other one is super creative. Yeah, yeah. So it makes for a brilliant fight. Aggression all the way. Ooh, oh, man. <laughs> it's a and listen, you know what? Genuinely, we're doing Gunny a favour, man. Put Gunny on London. I want to see Gunny in London. You know, if you want to match him up, 
Bang Gunny on London with Danny Roberts or something like that. You know, uh, that's a great fight as well. Get them on London. I want to see that. I know Danny is on the London yeah, card. Yeah, I don't know is, if he's yeah. got an opponent yet, but, yeah. you know, get him on. I'd, lo- I'd love to see Gunny in London. Just not against Darren Till. It's mm. not the right fight. It's interesting the way that the USC are, um, are going about the business at this moment in time because before Conor McGregor became the champ champ, we never saw um, multi-weight champions, really, did we? We saw a couple, but we didn't see a major push for champion versus champion mm-hmm. uh, fights. Uh, for those that don't know, they've made an absolute belter for July the 7th. Um, Daniel Cormier, the light heavyweight champion, will be going back up to heavyweight, where he is 13-0, and 0, if I'm not mistaken, at heavyweight, mm-hmm. to take on the current heavyweight champion, Stipe Miocic, in a champion versus champion showdown. <sighs> it's an absolutely brilliant move. After they've, and they're coaching tough first as well. Yes, they are. Yeah, yeah. Other, tough 27. It's a brilliant move. It's a brilliant fight. Everything about this is brilliant. It just Because if you look at the light heavyweight division at this moment in time, you'd look for an opponent for DC. There's not really anybody there other than Alex Gustafsson. Yeah, Gustafsson definitely, yeah. But... Then you look at the heavyweights. Ken's not about, so you no. think, where is there anybody for Stipe? Yeah. This is absolutely golden golden move by the UFC and there's rumours off the back of that that we're going to get some other champ champ uh, fights as well TJ versus DJ maybe got to happen that's got to happen Uh, Cyborg and Nunes is also being uh, floated around and I'm hearing that's definitely going to happen as well so all on the same night by the way they're thinking of doing all this on the same night the only problem I've got with it right is then what happens to those divisions where the loser yeah because the champion is the loser of the fight Mm-hmm. will still be the champion in another division. Oh, for example, if DC loses, he's yeah. still the light heavyweight champion. Yes. So what hap- what happens to that? Fights Gustafsson. He comes back to fight Gustafsson I believe so, at yeah. light heavy. Yeah, yeah, I don't think you should lose. Uh, unless, you, you know, unless you're going to be out for a long period of time, I don't think you should lose your title. And then if he wins, then it's up to Cormier, whether he stays a heavyweight or he comes back down. Mm. Like, I believe TJ Dillashaw goes down to flyweight, fights Demetrius Johnson, and... Win, lose, or draw. I think he goes back to bantamweight. I Still don't think he, I don't think he would want to stay as a want to stay a flyweight anyway. Mm. I think he's just he, he sees that as a massive fight, um, and he wants to try and you know humble Demetrius Johnson. And I appreciate that because it's all good and well being the smallest guy, smallest champion in the UFC, saying you're the greatest of all time, but you fought absolutely nobody. So I appreciate that TJ's going. Okay, well I'll tell you what, I'm the bantamweight champ, but I'll move down and I'll fight you. Let's see how good you actually are. I respect the shit out of that. Because yeah. you know I've got an issue with Demetrius Johnson and his goat shout anyway. You want him to get lit up, don't you? I don't, you know what? I don't even necessarily want him to lose. I just want him to prove to me that he's the greatest of all time and stop talking about it. Because I haven't seen anything that would... Yes, technically he's amazing. But he should be amazing. He's a flyweight. He should be super fast. He should be super technical. He's a flyweight. Mm. But you're telling me a 250-pound Demetrius Johnson beats a... 250 pounds Stipe Miocic which is kind of what we're saying with pound for pound of course he doesn't DC Miocic it's on <laughs> July 17th <laughs> but I love it though I love these unification fights I, oh. love the, I love we're getting more of these crossover super fight scenarios because it's the Conor McGregor effect it, man. It, but it, it had to happen because then you you can no longer say to a champion especially an established champion like a DC or like a Demetrius Johnson you can't then go well, no, you, you you can't move up. If you move up, you get you, we're dropping the belt straight away because there's precedent now. Wait a minute, Conor McGregor hasn't been stripped. He still hasn't been stripped. He hasn't fought in nearly two years. Mm. So they they can't afford to do that. But the good thing is, IMG seem to be a bit like you know what 
if it makes money, let's make it happen. And the biggest fights, when you haven't got stars, when you haven't got stars that can drive pay-per-views because of their ability and also their personality, when you've just got solid champions, the only way to drive numbers is doing super fights. And Stipe against Cormier is definitely, definitely a super fight. Well, that's where I was going to lead you on to next because the business model seems to be changing with the UFC, doesn't it? For years, it's always been about... You win your fights, you get yourself into a mandatory situation, you get yourself a shot at the title. It doesn't necessarily seem that way at this moment in time. It seems like what you've just said. If it makes money, then we make the fight. Yeah. Hence, uh, light heavyweight champion fighting a heavyweight champion yeah. uh, for the heavyweight uh, title. Like, for example, uh, flyweights and bantamweights maybe getting in the octagon together to fight for one particular belt. This... Nine times out, well, nine times out of ten in the past, didn't necessarily happen no. until Conor McGregor comes along, starts making all this noise. Yeah, they see then, guy, this guy makes a shitload of money for us, and he's doing Absolutely. all this, that, and the other. So let's see if we can do it with some other fighters. And that's why Dan Tiller's welterweight champion makes sense because he's got easily got the potential to move up to middleweight and fight for the middleweight belt as well. So maybe that's that's what they're looking for. They're looking for guys who can and gals who can transcend weight divisions. It's exciting, man. The, the sport feels like it's moving on, not only in clientele, but also in the way fights are being made. As you mm. say, these super fights sets up 2018. We, we waxed about it so much in the first couple of weeks of this year. 2017 was a slow burner. It took a while to get going. But 2018, we've, we're, you know, straight away we've got big fights. Rock, Romero versus Rockhold's a big one early next month. And then Holloway versus Edgar in March is a big one. Vegas and Nemegedem of it. April's definitely a big one. And I was talking about Majocic versus Cormier. Like, first six months already, every month we're getting Monsters. big, big fights. And we've not even mentioned the Conor McGregor. Exactly. Who's rumoured to be coming back this and year. Hopefully, if Conor gets back in the mix, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more hopeful than ever that we're going to see Conor fight this year now. I, I think we are. I don't know why. Because uh, I noticed that yesterday he was on a private flight with his son and his, and his partner going to Ibiza, so he's hardly in fight camp. Mm. But for some reason, I just feel like I think like, something's gone on. Something's changed. His, his rhetoric seems to be slightly different. And I think all this talk about Khabib versus Ferguson, you know, I think we're just setting ourselves up here for a potential uh, a potential winner fights McGregor scenario because that's what they should be selling it as. The road to the road to Conor McGregor. Fuck it, man. It's the biggest star in this sport. That should be the that should be the whole build up to this fight. I don't think he's getting in with either of them. No, I think the GSP fight is still the one that jumps off the page. Absolutely. GS, GSP or Nate? Because Nate's been chirping up this week, hasn't he? I just think Nate's, Nate's, Nate's I think chirped Nate, up saying that he wants a piece of the pie. I man. just think Nate Diaz has missed the boat massively. Or mm. the UFC have missed the boat massively, whichever way you look at it. Nate Diaz should have been fighting Tony Ferguson. That fight should have already happened. Mm. Because if he wins, then Connor's there. The trilogy's right there. Because right now, Connor is not on reservation. He's off reservation big time. But Nate Diaz is still about. Pay Nate Diaz the money to fight Tony Ferguson or fight Khabib. That's what should have happened by now. Because straight away, either Nate completely solidifies himself as the, the guy who's got to face Conor next. Or yeah. one of those guys climbs on the back of the fact the guy that beat Conor McGregor and goes, because let's be honest, I'm being brutally honest here. Nate Diaz is like a a mid to lower top 10 lightweight. He is. There's no fucking getting away from that. That's a fact. He is not the greatest lightweight out, 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 after Conor McGregor. He's a mid top 10 lightweight at best. Mm. Let's call it what it is. So... I think they've missed the trick not matching him with one of these guys and either building him up or building the other guy up. 
this is the guy, this is now the best guy. Because at the moment, they're still going, yeah, but Connor's still a lightweight champ, isn't he? These guys, you know, they're, they're fighting for it, but, you know, these guys. So anyone who's kind of new to the sport or isn't that into it would kind of go, well, you know, yeah, but Connor's still really the champ. But if they, one of these guys are the beat Diaz, it, even to this new new fan kind of Conor McGregor generation, they go, oh, shit, that guy starts Diaz and Conor lost, got submitted by him and then won a, basically a split decision against them. And he's just starting in a round. Why well, can no longer say Conor's the best then. They've missed it. They've missed that opportunity. Mm. Do you think you'll see Nett fight again? Because he's making a lot of noise this week, isn't he? About Conor. <laughs> He's yeah. making a lot of boys about only, fighting Connor. Yeah, he only wants that. He only wants and what he should Connor. do, what, what Nate should do, is come out and say that he only wants Connor. Mm-hmm. Because I've seen him say um, all these pussies in the lightweight division, all this I type of stuff. refuse to believe everybody in the top ten at lightweight isn't wanting to fight Nate Diaz. Yeah, listen, Eddie Alvarez has come out and he says, listen, I fancy a little bit of a knot with you, no problem. But if you're only making this noise because you want Conor McGregor, fair enough, I understand, because Conor McGregor is the money and that's where you want to go. That's cool, man. Yeah. But come out and say that. Don't put us all on notice and then when we call you out, don't take the fight yeah. because that just makes you look like a shit house. Don't do that. If if you wanna if you wanna just fight Connor, come out and say, listen, I just want Conor McGregor. That's all I want. I'm not fighting anybody else other than Conor McGregor. Let's do it. Let's get the trilogy on. Let's yeah. do that. And then you get everybody's respect and they go, all right, Nate, yeah, fair enough, because you can get weighed in for that. I yeah, and, that. and I get the fact that Nate only wants that fight as well, because you know, that's a that that's his last big moneymaker fight. You know, it's his last one out there. Unless he wins, of course, and then he'll probably get a fourth fight. But he's in a he's in a position that nobody else is in. He's got a win over Conor McGregor. And the second fight was close. He's pushed Conor hard in the second fight. I believe he lost, but he pushed Conor hard in the second fight as well. So he's in an incredible position financially that he knows he risks so much by going in with somebody else. Yet by sitting on the shelf, he's just going static. He's just kind of waiting yeah, waiting for the phone call. That may never come. Superstars, mate. That's what the UFC need at this moment in time. That seems to be uh, the, the chat that we have on a week-by-week basis because... One of the major superstars from years gone by is currently knocking about in the WWE. Nick, by the way, is a massive fan of WWE, <laughs> aren't you? One of his tweets this week is probably one of the best uh, things that I've read for some time. It's had a good go, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on, read it out. Read your tweet out. I, I, I tweeted it on Monday morning. and um, This is basically off the back of Ronda Rousey going into the... Uh, going into the W... Was it... What is it? Royal Rumble? The Royal Rumble was on Sunday night, yeah. So what it was, I woke up Monday morning and my timeline is just absolutely rammed on Twitter with people talking about the Royal Rumble. But people who I follow, so not even fighters, mostly MMA journalists from America, mostly from America. Not many boxing journalists. Okay, one or two, Chris Walker, Danny Flexen, Angie Reds and Shame, British boxing journalists that love wrestling. But the American... Especially MMA writers in right. America, they go mad for it. Wait a minute, that love wrestling. It's it's not. It's not a sport. It's, it's not fucking competitive. It's no. all staged. It's it, what it is. And and, and I, I nailed this with with via Facebook. A mate on Facebook, we had a conversation about it because he was kind of defending it. And we, when we nailed it down, this is what it is. It's entertainment, choreographed yeah. world class stuntmen. That's what they are. Right. They're all juiced up to the eyeballs. Yeah. So it's not a sport because they're not being tested. And it's it's choreographed stuntman work. That's what it is. It's a, listen, they're brilliant at what they do. They're brilliant at being stuntmen. But that's what it is. That's what this is. And so I tweeted on, on Monday morning. I said, if you're over 15 and you've been tweeting relentlessly about the Royal Rumble, you need to have a quiet word with yourself. You do. And you do. That's like genuine. Now, listen, I used to love the wrestling when I was a kid. Before I had hair on my bollocks. 
I love the wrestling. Legion of Doom, Ultimate Warrior, Hulk Hogan, all that shibbiz. And you know what? We're laughing now, but you know when the kids, the boys get a little bit older, maybe in 10 years' time. We'll go to a show. 13, 14 years of age. We'll be there, yeah, ringside, holding a big placard. That's it. Because the kids will be loving it, and that's what it's all about. But you know, when you go to the Royal Rumble, and you're not taking a 10-year-old son or nephew or whatever, you're just a grown-ass man going there and drinking beer between fights, and then you're going on social media debating the fights and debating what comes next. And you need to grow the fuck up. <laughs> like, Seriously. <laughs> Tell your mum you're moving out. <laughs> Drink a beer. Get used to the taste. I know you don't like the taste of beer, but get used to the taste of beer. And man the fuck up. I don't get it. Wrestling. Wrestling? You grown ass, man. I don't even think you can call it wrestling because it ain't wrestling. No, wrestling, of like course. It's, it's like the Olympic sport is yeah, wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, this is stuntman. Like, you, you've nailed that. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. It, I've always thought it as, uh, as acting. For example, people like The Rock. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Superb actor. That's why he's making a shitload of doing mm-hmm. films like Jumanji, right? Yep. But that's his background is the chore- this choreographed acting yep. entertainment. It is entertaining. Don't get me wrong. It's entertaining. Yeah, yeah. But you can't class it as a sport. It isn't sport. It's not competitive. It's not mano a mano, is it? No. It's not a geezer against the geezer, a girl against the girl. But I think- fight until the death in order to win the championship belt. No, Vince McMahon's gone. Like, he's winning it today, and this mm-hmm. is how he's going to win it with one of them chokeholds or whatever it is. Can yep. you just sort that out? Go through your steps. He's fucking strictly come dancing. That's, That's exactly basically what it, what it is. Exactly. I, I just think, it, see, it's not helped by the fact that Sky Sp- it's on Sky Sports. Yeah. It's on Sky Box Office, Sky be. Sports Box Office. And if you go on the Sky Sports app, there's a fucking badge for it, wrestling. There's a link just for WWE. Like, the, what's going on here? It shouldn't be on there. It's it not a sport. Sky One or something, yeah, it's it? not a sport. It's entertainment. It used to be on Sky One, but it was also on Sky Sports. That that's where I think people get a bit warped. Do you know what I mean? It is what it is. It's fucking, you know, juice head, the juice head version of the Kardashians is basically what it is. It's it's kind of like a, you know, as you say, it's like Kardashians on juice. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, the the, the husband are the Kardashians. The fellow who weathers, you know, he'd be good. He'd probably be good in the wrestling. <laughs> But he was an Olympian, wasn't he? He was a gold medalist, triathlete. What was his name? Bruce Bruce Banner or whatever it was. Bruce Banner. Hey, Bruce, Bruce Banner. <laughs> was he the fucking Hulk? Was he the Hulk? <laughs> well, he'd be good as well. Bruce uh, Jenner. Jenner. Caitlyn Jenner now. Fucking get Caitlyn Jenner in there. That could be what they do. WrestleMania. Caitlyn Jenner versus Ronda Rousey. WrestleMania fucking 94 fucking or whatever Bruce it is. Banner. <laughs> Fucking Hulk's here. Missing it is. Listen, it Turns when, green. When Vince says this, he'll get him on. <laughs> Caitlyn Jenner, Ronda Rousey, WrestleMania 20. There you go. You 89, supp- you're not surprised that. that Ronda's in there, are you? Absolutely not, no. I think this is the perfect place for Ronda right now. You know, the, She's got too much work to do to become a mixed martial artist at the high level. She was the right mixed martial artist at the right time to make this the women's side of the sport what it was yeah. and what it is now. She was the perfect person for it. But... The sport caught up with her rapidly, very, very quickly. She was one-dimensional, man. The, lead, the, 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 the pool of talents rapidly overtook her. And the only way she was going to live and breathe out there was to train relentlessly and to fill the holes in a game. But at that stage, she was already very, very wealthy, very, very famous in America. Doing films. And it's tough, man. It's yeah. tough when the money comes like that. You know, it's like Connor now, Willie Woney. It's like, he doesn't need to do it no more and she doesn't need to do it. She obviously misses the competitive limelight and someone said to her, 
you know you can earn kind of just the same money over here but we'll we'll tell you when you win and when you lose like someone messaged me after after a tweeted at the weekend saying on Sunday I was like fuck me get ready for some brag and I've smashed it this weekend like all my predictions come in someone tweeted me messing saying um give us a shit who's going to win the Royal Rumble um, what? Honestly, like complete the sweep. It was a bit of a piss take. Completely, oh, right, right, completely right. clean sweep. Who's going to win the Royal Rumble tonight then? And uh, I went back tongue and cheek and said the ultimate warrior. But then I went back and went, actually, Ronda Rousey. And I was being genuine as well because I thought, if she turns up, if she'd have competed on Sunday night at this Royal Rumble, she'd have won it because she's the biggest star. So they've, they'd have wrote it into this. So she's apparently she's not. They just welcomed it in the ring and she's going to be at WrestleMania. Oh, right. Alongside the so Rock. So she didn't, she she didn't actually wrestling. compete. No, she didn't oh, compete. Right. They just got in the ring and went, hey, she is, hey, Ronda's here, woo. And anyway, she's... And so she, why is it all over my fucking social media Because then? she pointed at the WrestleMania sign as if to go, there's me over there. That's it. That, so I'm coming there. So what happened is, and I, listen, put your fucking mortgage on this. Ronda Rousey will win at WrestleMania. <laughs> Regardless of who she fights, she could fight the fucking Undertaker. Doesn't matter. She will win at WrestleMania. Because that's how it works. It's entertainment. Fucking dog shit is what it is. Speaking of entertainment, Roy Jones Jr. is fighting on UFC Fight Pass. I know. In a boxing match. That's a little bit weird. Yeah, it is weird. Um, When is it? Feb 8th. His uh, final ever fight. And they're putting it on UFC Fight Pass again, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it's on UFC Fight Pass. I've seen that, yeah. Bizarre, the UFC, of all the potential fights they could have done, Mm. this is it. But listen, don't forget about that logo. Do you remember the logo we seen? It was a year ago now, 18 months ago. When Dana was at the weigh-ins wearing the Zufa boxing t-shirt logo. That's all I'm going to say. You've done that again. You've insinuated something. I know what you're talking about. Well, listen, there's got to be... There had to be a reason why there was a Zufa boxing logo on Dana White's t-shirt. And now we're seeing boxing being... Very, very... At a very different level, of course. Roy Jones is not even the same man he once was. But we're seeing a little taster here on UFC Fight Pass. wonder how this boxing event will do. Why? Because they've got some allegiance to Roy Jones? No. Because they suddenly want to get into boxing? They're going to do that. They put a fucking... They bid for the world title fight and put that on there. Golovkin versus Canelo, whatever. Mm. They're doing it just to test the water, I think. Coming soon. Read into that what you will. (laughs) You're going to get us sued. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, thank you very much for listening to us. Um, in fact, I haven't even I checked say, if there's, there's any a fights. Show, there's a show this weekend. <laughs> yeah. I haven't even checked if there's any fights going on this weekend. There is some fights going on this weekend. Let's get stuck into it. What do you reckon? Come on, prediction time, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so the main event out at... Uh, so they're doing a show in, in Belém in Brazil, and it's the UFC's first venture, apparently, to this far north in Brazil. Read into that what you will. I'm trying to sugarcoat this here. The, the co-main... John Dodson versus Pedro Munoz. I like that fight. Interesting. Um, two guys who can whack a little bit. Valentina Shevchenko's on this card. <laughs> now, Stop it, we are. Let me get me going about Valentina Shevchenko if you've not seen a fight before. So, talk about Russian brass house. Where, where do we go from here when we talk about <laughs> Valentina Shevchenko? She, Valentina is known as the bullet. She is absolutely belting fighter um she of course we've seen her fight at the weight above challenging for the title this is a first move she fought for the women's bantamweight title last time out of course against amanda nunez absolutely brilliant fight a repeat uh, of their second fight i'd still think the trilogy is out there but this is her first fight down at flyweight now if she's carrying the kind of arsenal she had up at bantamweight 
back down to flyweight. Mm. Jesus Christ, this girl is going to absolutely wipe the floor with everybody in this weight division. Not only is she weirdly Eastern European, hairy armpit sexy, but she's also an absolute killer she's when not. the fight gets going. She's rough as fucking boots, man. I don't know what it is about her. You're proper into it. I just, it's proper weird. It is proper weird. I've got so I'll be I'll be tuning in late to Brazil at the weekend just to get my sexual frustrations out with Valentina Shevchenko. And then after that, I'll be honest with you, the main the main the main fight on there, the headliner, if you like, is Leo Machida against yeah. Eric Anders. Who the fuck is Eric Anders? That's no all idea. I'm going to say. He's undefeated. Who the fuck is Eric yeah, Anders? He's undefeated. He's had two fights in the year. I think he's had a fight in Bellator. He had a fight in Legacy. This guy, I, I think he must be a big deal in the US because he's a former NFL player. He fought in the American. He fought ah. decent level American football. So while we don't get it over here, he's only had two fights in the UFC against two relative scrubs. You know, I think he retired uh, last time out. Didn't he retire? Uh, Rafael Natal, or what? That was one of his fights anyway. And it, this is only his third fight in the UFC, and now he's headlining against you know a former former legend. champion, a bit of a legend in Lyoto. From the outside, it looks like defeating Lyoto a home win in Brazil, potentially a, a you know a semi on his road to retirement type of win. But this um, ain't the WWE, mate. This ain't Ronda Rousey. Exactly, yeah. And Eric Anders, as you say, he's ten and zero. He can obviously bang because uh, he's had, he's got a couple of knockouts on his record. You know, he, he might be able to handle the old Brazilian crowd out there, so he could get a bit of an upset. But for me, I can't, I can't really see past a, a Machida win against someone who's, who's so inexperienced as Anders. Uh, I fancy Dodson to, to, to get the job done, and but I think Shevchenko will steal the show with their move down to flyweight. And listen, if I was the flyweight champion, I would be terrified of what's about to come because Shevchenko, for me, if she carries her ferocity and her sexiness down to this flyweight division... <laughs> She's going to be a monster. Uh, for anybody that's never seen uh, Valentina Shevchenko and is now Googling her name. The bullet. You're going to be extremely disappointed. It's just the weird thing that he's got going on. We've all, we've all got those like, we've all got those weird crushes. We've all got the, them. Remember the build-up show with his sister and the sister's kind of the same but as a brunette. So like one's blonde and one's brunette. Jesus Christ. It's so weird. It's such a weird little thing with them. <sighs> It is proper brass house shit, that. Oh, it is, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. Gonna, you're it's gonna, rough. No. It's rough, like. Yeah, yeah. It's not usually my style at all. Like, my wife's the exact opposite of that. You know, she's not rough at all. But, you know, I don't know, something about it. It's weird. She's the type of girl that stays in the bath for a piss. That's yeah, the type, yeah. That, <laughs> that, that's the type of girl that Bullet uh, Shevchenko is. <laughs> and you'd have to go, thank you, Bob. <laughs> Sitting next to her in the bath. Oh, thank you. I'm actually not fuck out of you. <laughs> and on that note we'll call it a day shall we make sure you tune into the fights this weekend keep up to date with all our social media because that's where we'll be talking about them at Fight Disciples on Facebook Twitter and Instagram uh, you can subscribe to this nonsense by going to uh, iTunes or via our website if you're on Android uh, fightdisciples.com we'll catch you next time thank you for listening if you like what you heard subscribe via iTunes <laughs>